Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. Jared Jayhawk Hawkins, and joining me as always, professional wrestling favorite Kevin Steen lookalike, Charlie Butter. Hey, you're back. I am back. I'm so happy. On vacation. <laughs> I, I can I can sense the car cackling in your voice. Go fuck you. <laughs> but obviously, my trip was not good enough because I came home. Uh-huh. Uh, what did you think of last week's episode? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm glad that you got to be the moderator of court for that crew, and I didn't have to deal with them. <laughs> yeah. I love all those guys to death, but yeah, I, if I would have been driving a train, it would have literally been a train wreck. Yeah, it. Uh, there was so much stuff I edited out that was just it was even crazier than what what was released. So it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I did enjoy the Bernie Sanders cameo. I forgot there was no cocker mommy reference, but beyond that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There was like a whole like opening thing that I wasn't recording that when he started, he started as Bernie, like just us joking around and it was the funniest shit ever. And I missed it. And I, I didn't have my, I didn't have a recording when he first like got on the line. So, uh, I'm kind of bummed, but you got a little bit there and plus you got like the secret outro. So there, there, there was some there for, if you wanted Bernie, so we don't have Bernie Sanders on the show today, but we do have a very special guest, butter. So. Yes, we do have a guest. Uh, he has refereed for a bunch of companies and he is the co-host of the, I got your five stars podcast. Uh, please welcome Sean Patrick O'Brien. Hey, hey, what's up fellas. I appreciate you guys bringing me on, uh, excited to do this. Um, cause this is kind of how me and Jeremy got started, but I mean, we could talk about that, you know, when we get to it, but yeah, man, uh, excited to talk to you guys, chop it up with you guys and all that good stuff. A little-known fact here, but you, besides myself, of course, you are the first referee you've had on the show again. No. Oh, that's awesome, man. I always love that. Uh, I think that I was also, um, well, to go ahead and shout out some I'm a Yeah, I just want y'all to know I'm a fan of y'all's podcast. I'm a podcast fiend um, just because, like, at my shoot job, it's boring as hell. And if I can listen to wrestling podcasts, especially podcasts like yours that talk about independent wrestling, like, I love it. That's how I got hooked up with Jeremy. Um, but, uh, I was also, uh, the first referee on like struggles podcast. Um, what is it called? Spotlight series. Mm-hmm. Big fan of that show. Um, and there was another, I think also Jeremy, I got your five star. I was his first. No, actually that went to John Gray. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> it's side tangent. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so anytime I'm the first referee, it's an honor. Like I appreciate you guys so much for that. Yeah, you reached out to us uh, way back when we first kind of started this and, uh, you know, gave us uh, props on what we were doing and that kind of thing. And uh, so, like, when you mentioned, hey, I'd like to come on, I'm like, well, yeah, like, that'd be perfect. Like, now that we're kind of doing this new format, so Mm -hmm. uh, it worked out perfectly. Yeah, right, for sure. Well, and then, like, as you were saying, like, uh, you were, I think y'all had covered Paradigm, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Paradigm is, you know, one of my homes, man. Like, I started at IWA Mid-South, and uh, Paradigm started shortly after that, and I was there for their day one show. And actually, the guys who started Paradigm, well, one of the guys, Cam Adams, Cam is, like, one of my best friends outside of wrestling. Like, I, back when I was doing music, me and him was real cool on the scene and all that good stuff, and so... 
Like, that's why I say Paradigm is like home. Uh, like, it holds a special place in my heart. You guys have covered that show, and I think I checked it out or whatever. And then um, y'all have done a few other shows and I've that I've been on just because, like, that was kind of uh, free game for any refs that's tuning in. Uh, and I know, Jayhawk, you're a ref yourself. But, like, one of my game plans when I first started doing this was, like, I'm going to be on anything that's on IWTV. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, IW, uh, yeah, IWA Mid-South was doing a little, they streamed live for a second, you know what I'm saying? But they was posting their stuff on IWTV. And there was uh, Paradigm, Black Label, a few others that I got on. And so, and you guys cover a lot of those companies. And so I was just like, hell yeah. Like I was tuned in and, you know, plugged in with you guys just because you all are very, very honest, like brutally honest sometimes. And I, you know, that's that's the best kind of criticism I feel like. So, um so yeah, that's, that's why I've always been a fan of your show. And then as I was saying, when me and Jeremy got started, he was actually reviewing shows from IWTV just by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he actually, because he's, he's actually from New Jersey, um, and he was, you know, just watching different shows, like Sup was one of them, Sup, uh, Southern Underground. Um, and then, you know, he's a big IWA mark. Like he, He's been watching IWA for years. And so um, whenever me and him had started a relationship, I would come on and we would review shows that I was on together with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just kind of became a thing. We ended up doing close to probably 20 episodes together until finally he was just like, yo, bro, like, why don't me and you just start interviewing people together and just start doing like, you be my official co-host. And I was like, sure. <laughs> like, it only <laughs> makes sense, you know? Uh, and so that's just how that happened. As far as like, you know, I got your five stars being a thing. We're on Spotify and Apple. If you want to, follow and listen to us and all that good stuff man we we have some really really cool people that come on there uh we just did an episode with eric dillinger um that was really good um we've had uh reverend dan (laughs) um that you know comes out with tank was one of the first guys that we interviewed together um let's see we've had uh aaron williams on there gary J. Uh, all kind of people, man. We've had some really cool conversations with some cool people. Plus, reviewed, you know, ICW shows and stuff that I've been on. So, um, so yeah, man. Like, anyway, going back to what I, what we were originally the the root. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad we're able to make this happen and, and review a show that I was on. Plus, it's kind of a newer company that has been doing a thing that we're going to talk about later on. So, uh, glad we can make this happen. Yeah, man. Uh, that's yeah. Like I've, I've listened to, I got your five stars like a long time ago. Uh, I believe, uh, he like was friends with my buddy, Justin and like they would, uh, do stuff together every so often, uh, with wrestling cheers. That's how I kind of knew about them. And like, I, at the time worked in a very boring job. I still do in a different position, but I sat at a little spot and worked like with my hands all day for eight hours. So I listened to podcasts all day long and that's, yeah. So I've definitely listened to, to a couple of those episodes and, uh, I didn't realize you were, uh, I haven't listened in a while, but like, I didn't realize you were, uh, one of the co-hosts now. And I saw, like, I was going back through some of your tweets and I saw that I was like, oh, okay, cool. So like, you kind of get an idea of like how a podcasting thing works and like how all that kind of stuff goes together. And it's, it's very similar, uh, fr- from what you're, what you mentioned, like the, what we do almost, it's a very similar concept. So it's really cool. Like that there's other people than just us out there doing this. So right well you know it's appreciated for sure and that's uh, and like to show even more appreciation to jeremy man uh he puts all of it together he does research goes on cage match you know does all that good stuff for like every single guest that we have even if it's somebody he's never heard of he'll go on and just you know try to find anything he can 
Uh, and, you know, like I said, he's a big IWA fan. So a lot of times, a lot of our guests will always go back to IWA. And then a lot of the guys are guys that I have relationships with anyways. Mm-hmm. So that's what easy as far as the conversation goes. Um, and like, you know, like he, like, uh, like I was saying, a lot of the guys go back to IWA. I had been at IWA, uh, since 2017. Um, you know, I'm not there at the current moment right now, but, uh, that's another story for another day. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, like IWA is home. And, uh, and so a lot of guys, like I said, go back to IWA and, uh, and it's really cool, um, as far as that goes, but, uh, so that's why, like, when we have an Aaron Williams on there, man, like, we got some really cool stuff out of Aaron Williams. <laughs> you know, Gary J, too, because me and Gary, I've rode with both those guys in the car, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I'm outnumbered this week because I have two zebras and then it's just me. So, this, this is, this is <laughs> yeah, fun. Right. Team Zebra. <laughs> I do want to talk about my trip to Cauliflower Alley a little bit here. Uh, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail. Uh, I did get to work the Monday night ruckling show. Omo didn't work it because somebody that got booked on the card. I didn't want to be associated with them. But pretty much my agreement was if I have to work with that motherfucker, I'm leaving. They went, okay, you don't have to work with them. I went, okay, good. I'm not gonna. I don't want to mention dude by name. I don't give him any free publicity. But I, I'm sure people can figure it out though, because it was uh, it was it was on the internet and it was uh, it was buzzing for a little bit over it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Uh, a friend of mine stuck their neck out to get me on that show like last minute. So I didn't want to let them down for much longer than I agree to work it anyway. Now, but like, yeah, I'm not working that dude's match. Like if I, if I have any interaction with him, I'll probably punch him in the face. But outside of uh, all that, you, uh, you seem like you did a lot of drinking. So how, how'd that go? Uh, not too bad until the Wednesday night after the convention, when I kept drinking till like five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Yes. So I have the so I have this bad habit when I'm in Vegas. It doesn't matter how late I stay up, what time I go to bed. I am up seven o'clock Vegas time every morning. Never fail. <laughs> and that's what happened Thursday morning. I'm up till five o'clock in the morning drinking. Seven o'clock, I'm wide awake and I am a hungover in hell. So <laughs> luckily I took the extra day and then fly home till Friday night. I don't think I would have made it on my plane on Thursday. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but good, good time. Good time. I hallway. a lot of people I like to talk to, like to hang out with, did make the trip for various reasons. Uh, many of them COVID related, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, good, good speeches. Rob Van Dam got honored at half a speech plugging cannabis. <laughs> uh, you need, next time that Fonzie and I are at a show together, butter, you need to remind me to ask Fonzie about RVD. Fond me and the hotel room at the Gold Coast on Cauliflower Alley weekend. Okay. They, they, Rob told a story, and I kind of want Fond to take on it. <laughs> uh, so, ho- I, I'm, I'm so hopefully Saturday, then. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's Saturday, but uh, yeah. Uh, ba- basically, the story ba- was basically that Fonky tells Rob, hey, I got your room here, Daddy. And Rob, like, I've got a condo. I don't need the room. No, I don't worry. We got the room. The room's free. Just go there, crash there tonight. You're good. And when I wake up the next morning, like, the phone rings and it's the hotel going, Who's in that room? No one's supposed to be in there. And Gofunk's like trying to get them out of the room and RVD's like smoking a joint going, Okay, whatever. It's cool. And it ends up turning out that whoever gave them the hotel room key it was supposed to be Paul Bearer's room and he had just passed. Oh, wow. No, I, I, I really condensed that. It took like five minutes from tell that story. I condensed it to like 30 seconds, but I, I really need to get Fonky take on that. <laughs> oh, and I'm sure he'll tell you too. <laughs> oh, yeah, he will. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm, I, it's not so much I know that he, whether he'll tell me or not. I want to know what his version of it is and how closely it aligns with Rob. Mm, yeah, <laughs> more than anything else, but yeah, uh, I love. <laughs> yeah, Fonky's great. I've only I've only got to hang out with Fonzie like one time, and I swear he's like your best friend. No, no matter if you're a stranger or not. Like, yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, well, I've gotten into the habit where if I'm going to a show that Fonky on and I'm not working the show, I go direct at Fonky. <laughs> and he, uh, so he, almost, he always picks me out as soon as he sees me. Hey, Daddy, get over here. <laughs> and just start bullshitting with me. Because that's always pretty cool. That's awesome. One of my favorite moments uh, was at an Akron show, which ironically, uh, we're going to another Akron show this uh, Saturday. Saturday. Uh, Jayhawk dressed as Fonzie. Uh, Fonzie got a picture with them and then they were during the match the the fight spilled over into the crowd and right by us and then Jayhawk and Fonzie had a whistle off while the match was going on in front of the the two guys fighting it was the fucking best ever <laughs> the best part about that was Matthew Justin he would get Derek Stevens that night yes he? yes yeah, if Matthew Justin Eric Steven, Matthew Justin taking the crowd, he finally Eric Steven in the crowd. He looked at me, duck a double take, and go and go, Fonky, look at the fucking guy. And Fonky just kind of looking at me like, okay, so what do we do from here? And I just blew the whip, blew, blew the whistle I had for the hell of it. And then Fonky just started back go, and I going back and forth. <laughs> hell yeah! So like you, you, you can't you can't plan shit like that. No, that's, that's awesome. So fucking perfect. I'll never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the one time that I met Fonzie, it was uh, at a GCW show. It was a GCW show that uh, that they did with AIW. Okay, and uh, and and uh, it was like act- that was actually my first like a f- well no no that was my second GCW show. Um, and then that was actually the show that led to me getting on ICW just because Chris Levin was like, "Hey, we need a ref for ICW this weekend. Are you available?" And I happened to be, and you know, voila. But. Um, so, but Fonzie was there and I was actually waiting after him to take promo pictures, uh, just cause I had just got a nice little haircut and shit. And, uh, and so I was waiting and he goes, Hey daddy, you want to take pictures with me? <laughs> I was like, sure. And so we took some pictures and we did a couple poses and uh, it was funny. And then he, you know, went on his way. And then afterwards we talked for a little bit. Uh, and he actually like, was trying to give me his phone number to be like, well, you know, where all do you work at and stuff? And it was so funny. Fonzie's just a character, man. That's great. That's, that's how you do it, man. <laughs> He's it's still in that old school setting. Yeah. Here's my number. Like if you ever need me call, I still, I, I still have cell phone number in my phone. It's like, cause I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not from India. I'm actually from Louisville and blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, work for these guys and that guy. Oh yeah. I work for Ian. He knew Ian and, he didn't really, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what their relationship was, but he was just like telling and I said, Hey, you know, so like, it was funny. So yeah, funny. Well, uh, Fonky would have was starting an ECW about the time Ian was ending up there. He, he was doing the uh, athletic commission function referee when Aqua and Ian were having their feud. Right. Right. So, yeah. So he, he said he knew Ian from back in the day. So first time I met Fonky was at a cauliflower alley convention. And just because I'm a referee, I didn't act about ECW stuff. I was acting about like working the Tokyo Dome, yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I was in the ring, and oh, what was his name on the outside?" And I went, "Hitori." Go, yeah, that's it. You know your shit. I would confess, buddy, the rest of the week after that. Hell yeah, yeah. You 
That's cool. I could keep talking about Cauliflower Alley and Funky all day, but we have a show to review. Yes. (laughs) Before we get get to that, why don't we go over what's on IWTV this week? Yes. What's on IWTV? Tuesday, September 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern, New South Action Clash 55, followed by at 9 p.m. Eastern, Freelance Underground, Phase In Episode 8, followed by at 10 p.m., New Texas, Olajuwon. Wednesday, September 29th at 10 p.m. Eastern, Pizza Party, Day Trippin'. Friday, October 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern, ICW, No Holds Barred, Deathmatch Circus, Night 1. And at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, ICW, No Holds Barred, The Pit 4. Saturday, October 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern, Ruthless Pro Wrestling, Inked in Blood. Saturday, October 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern, ICW No Holds Barred, Deathmatch Circus Night 2. And that's what's on IWTV this weekend. And you're on a couple of those shows, aren't you? Yeah, I'm actually going to be on three of those. I'll be on, well, four, actually, because we got the pit also. Uh, So, yeah, but I'll be at ICW. um, And then since I'm already going to be there, I'll be doing RPW2, Ruthless Pro Wrestling, the Inked and Blood show. So it's going to be a wild nutty weekend nice. <laughs> so, uh, you got mickey knuckles and sadika uh which is going to be insane uh, i'm I, I it's unpredictable how that's going to turn out for real uh just because i don't know if y'all watched her and john wayne murdoch um but that was probably like one of the most stressful matches i've ever ref in my life <laughs> <laughs> so so mickey and, and sadika is just going to be um yeah <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, Bobby Beverly's supposed to be on a couple of those, so I might have to check him out. Yeah, yeah, I think Bobby's got Akira on yeah. one of the shows. Yeah, I think yeah. on night one he's uh, got Akira. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it, no, dude. There's there's so many different stack matches. I know on night two, uh, Larry D and Justin Kyle have a match, um, and then uh, I know Jake Chris is also on one of them. Um, so yeah, Aaron Williams is also going to be there. Somebody we're about to talk about here soon um but yeah it's gonna be an awesome awesome weekend so okay i just want to say kind of low-key here i love how like every new technical pro wrestling show is just named after some random houston area celebrity <laughs> this one called elijah one they had bosch a couple months ago i, I love how they just kind of just do okay our local people know who these people are let's just call a show after them okay well everything new texas is doing right now is really cool so i've become a huge brian keith fan yeah, I get to see him uh, next month um, in Fargo. I'm going to Fargo to see Dom and uh, Suzuki, and uh, he's on that card now, and I'm so stoked. Like, that's just yeah. another feather in the hat. Like, I can't wait to see him live. Like, Dom Suzuki is going to be insane. Uh, that's oh, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Yeah. Frank yeah. and Kelly and Rogers main eventing that new tech show on Tuesday night. So. Yeah, that's going to be dope. Yeah, that's going to be sick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Stallion fan, too. Well, I guess we should jump into this review. The Weekly Review. All right, and this week we are going to the National Guard Armory in Terre Haute, Indiana, July 31st, 2021, for New Ray Pro Wrestling Mob Rule. Did not air live. This was a on-demand exclusive, which is perfectly fine. Not every show needs to air live. So just because you've been there, Sean, tell us a little bit about New Wave Pro. Okay, so um, this show was actually my first, like, official, uh, well, I guess 
what they like to call their bigger shows um, with New Wave. Um, the show that they had before this one had some really stacked matches. Um, what a lot of people call New Wave's best match, you know, of all time was uh, Cole Radrick and Mike Bennett was on the Right Here, Right Now show, which was on the one before we're going to review. We're going to review Mob Rules tonight, which this one had JTG on it, um, you know, stuff like that. So, but there's, they're just now starting to get some steam, um, getting some buzz under them. Um, and they're bringing something different and unique to Terre Haute, Indiana. Um, and you know, they've got some really cool people behind it. Um, so, uh, Earl Joseph, who is a ring announcer for a few different companies that's on, uh, IWTV. He's got a really cool British accent. Um, <laughs> he is actually the, um, the booker for this company, uh, you know, behind the curtain, but, um, and then also, um, they have a few other guys, you know, in their creative team, but, um, and then, you know, of course, on screen, uh, as we'll get to here later, he's the general manager, whatever, some sort. Um, and now he's starting to get a little squad behind him and uh, with the Von Englands. And they're, they're just like one of those companies that kind of has a really cool vision with all the different people that's doing stuff in um, Indiana and also to not just Indiana, but different, you know, regions because they use some black and brave guys, different stuff. And they match them up against guys like a JTG, Mike Bennett, you know, with Cole Radrick and um, Aaron Williams, Gary J, uh, guys that you can really, really learn from. Uh, Jay Christ, I think, was on right here, right now. Um, you know, so they're, they're just doing some really, really cool things. And, um, and I'm glad to be a part of the team just because I, I'm a really good friend of Earl's. I'm also um, really, really good friends with another one of the referees that's on this, Aaron Grider. Um, me and him, he's, <laughs> I like to joke and call him my prodigy um, just because he's older than I am. So I can't really call him my kid or my child or anything like that. But um, me and him have really hit the road and bonded like the last couple of years. And he was at me with at IWA and you know, paradigm and different stuff. So, and Aaron actually, you know, got me onto this company more or less. Uh, and so I got to shout Aaron Grider out cause that's my guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, just really, really glad to be a part of the team. Cause this ends up being a very long show. Let's go ahead and get right into it here. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. All right. So we are opening up with a Five-way elimination match for the New Wave Pro Ultra Rapid Championship. Champion Nate Matthew defending against Anakin Murphy, Jay Martin, Shane Boucher, and Victor Analog. Uh, Murphy was supposed to fake eight Perry in a one-on-one -on -one match, but Perry injured and could not compete. So instead of trying to find another match for him, they took him into, a, into this match, make it a, from a four-way to a five-way, which is fine. I, make, I'm, I approve with that. Uh, based on the entrance alone, I'm rooting for analog. Because coming out to like the 80 music with the 80 look, like he was the one guy who stood out to me in the uh, out of the five guys when it came to the ring. But like right away, I was hoping he was going to win. Yeah, okay. Victor. Uh, he's a he's a Illinois guy, um, and he's a guy that I've you know gotten a chance to work with uh, since he was uh, kind of starting out. I'd say 2000. 18 ish um just because he uh would travel down and come down to iwa i think he did a tryout show was one of his first shows uh at iwa and uh and then ended up being able to work with him quite a bit and i've literally seen him just kind of grow into this character where because actually i'll tell you what the first time i got to work with, Vin with the first time that i met victor analog was on a uh seminar with jimmy jacobs 
and they were doing character work and he had put over the fact that he his character was pretty much like um the the guy from charlie and the chocolate factory who's obsessed with being on tv <laughs> uh, like tv <laughs> he's like him if he wanted to be a professional wrestler <laughs> and so uh for any of your listeners tuning in that's literally what he is and it's amazing he comes out to like you said video killed the radio star uh and he really really sticks out man and victor's uh really really starting to grow into his character it's awesome how how even though there's five guys in the ring, we break down to where three of them are out of the ring, and there's only two guys in the ring. That drives me nuts. I, I hate it every time we do one of these multi-man magic on the show. It just drives me nuts when somehow it's always one on one in the ring. This match made me realize uh, how much the, the new look for an indie wrestler is like skinny fat with long hair. And like so many guys on the like. I won't take away from their talent. They're all very talented people. They can do shit that I couldn't even even dream of getting in the ring and doing. But they all look alike. And it's like there's not there's not many people on this entire card that stood out. Like of course there's a handful that like are already established and stand out that are have been like Indiana guys forever. But like a lot of these like young guys you see like this, they have the long hair, they have like standard basic like you know gear and they just nothing special about them and i feel like the 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 skinny fat look or the sort of in shape look with the long hair is like the standard across the board anymore nobody has short hair nobody's bald like i just felt like they were like a creator wrestler number seven with some of these guys and it just that really bugs me to see like that that's a thing and then like the fact that the cutter is becoming like the new super kick drives me up a wall because the cutter was like such a, a good finish for so fucking long. And now it's like everybody can hit a cutter and it never gets a pinfall anymore. And it's like, stop, stop. Hey, Brian Carkin got a pin with a cutter at AIW on Thursday night. People still do get pinned with it every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, and I think didn't Anakin, uh, Anakin used uh, the Ace Perry cutter. How he'll do the springboard off the second or you know top or whatever yeah. he does, yeah. and he ended up getting uh, elimination with that in this match, uh, kind of like teasing. And then you know what's cool about the uh, storytelling with that is uh, he's been using the spike um, because Ace Perry had been using a spike mm-hmm. just because of the whole thing with Jimmy Jacobs from back in the day, um, going back and forth. And so, but yeah, Ace Perry's been using that spike. Well, he had been, um, and so Ed, uh, my bad, Anakin had started using it and you know teasing it and stuff. And actually, this past weekend on the New Wave show, uh, the spike had kind of got involved, but that's a whole nother thing. So, but yeah, man, uh, I, I feel you on the the cutter being the new super kick because it, it I see it entirely too much, and it's always a falsy. I do feel like uh, one of the strong points, like I like I have a list of like honestly positives and negatives about this show, and like I very much there was things I really liked about it, like the commentary. I thought commentary was excellent. We kind of discussed it off the air, but Robert Black, not that Rob Black, this other Robert Black, who has like this old school voice, uh, was great. And I think that like they they told such a great story with commentary. Like when I was kind of leaving the room to like check on my chili and like work on my chili i still knew what was going on in the ring because their commentary was so well done so i really enjoyed that um 
on the other side, uh, like I said, like there was a lot of uh, creative superstar number sevens, which kind of bugged me. But I also like the fact that New Wave Pro has storylines. And while we always kind of discuss, like, where could we break in with this? Like, was this not explained? Commentary did a great job explaining what was going on, especially with they made sure to put over the fact that he hit that cutter and that he did it because he was supposed to face Ace Perry and Ace Perry didn't show. And that was just like another like, fuck you to Ace Perry. So that was great. Um I thought that like helped tell the story and like, if you didn't know, like they kind of gave you that background there, like they've, there's been some things going on with them. So like, that's why that made uh, why that was used, why that got the pin, why that was a big deal, um, which was great. And uh, I think that if you have a, a competent commentary team, you can tell great stories and uh, there's a few promotions that have that you have uh, AIW with Matt Wadsworth and, and whoever he has in the booth with him. You have people like um, Mose and, and them down in uh, new South and in um, uh, action wrestling uh, people like that, that just, they, they are able to tell those stories, get that stuff over without being super annoying. And like, if you're a new fan, you get it instantly or if you've seen stuff from other these guys from other places you'll be like oh they know about that this ties in with that okay that's cool like that's it's, it's a great thing to have is like if you're going to tell stories have a competent commentary team that can help get those over because that's that's huge for like anybody especially like me being a new viewer to this like i was like okay that's actually a really big plus then these are just matches happening on a show mm-hmm. so i think that's a huge thing like for anybody that's just trying to break into like to, to watch indie wrestling or get into your show is have somebody that's competent on commentary that can tell your stories that you're trying to get over and like make them understand it without making them feel stupid or, you know, that kind of thing. So that's, that's a big thing I always preach on here and I'm on a rant right now, but that's a huge thing. Like I would have never known that that cutter made any sense as to why that was used until they like broke it down and explained the whole thing. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And shout out to Robert black, man. He's awesome at that. For the look of you wondering why butter had not that Rob black, like a dark kind of the ring coming up in a couple of weeks where you'll find out about the other Rob black. I'll kind of leave it at that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't going to try to count how many dives were on this show and five minutes in this match. There were three within like 45 seconds. And I said, fuck it. I'm done. Not even going to try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely don't want to play that drinking game. No, <laughs> not, especially, not, especially not after Vegas. I haven't had, I'm not had a drink that night. I'm going to I'm very proud of myself for that. That's very bold of you considering, you know, Gary J's on this show and you know what Gary J does. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and, and we'll get into it. It wasn't even him doing that. This time. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I, the best move of the of the of the match here, and they're actually uh, two guys doing versions of it. Murphy did a great tornado DDT where he got kind of thrown off, and then had another guy with the, the tornado DDT. That was fantastic. And then Martin got a nice kick double arm DDT on Boucher at one point and didn't go for the pin afterward because why would you not want to pin the guy after a move like that? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, well, I ref the match, but then I, obviously when I was watching it back, I was just like, what? <laughs> so, but yeah, man, both those guys are really good. Um, are, are really well trained as far as like they're black and brave guys. Um, Marston 
uh, and also also Shane both. Um, I you know met Shane back in 2017. He was coming down to IWA, like I was saying earlier. Uh, a lot of guys, tra- you know, trace back to IWA, or I met them back in, in the IWA days. And uh, but yeah, man, Shane. Um, <laughs> I, I always joke and say that he reminds me of like a young Tyler Black. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like you had said, a creator wrestler kind of you know thing. But um, and he like he, he's trying to stick out as as best as he can. And uh, it's good to see him back because he had actually took a little break. Um, and I'm glad he's doing his thing. So, but uh, but yeah, man. Uh, then we do get that we do finally get started with the elimination and then the elimination match trope that I hated well, where you know who the next guy going to be eliminated is, but the guy who just pinned somebody going to be the next one pinned every single one. Uh-huh. Uh, and that, that, that annoyed me too. Switch it up a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the final finish come, uh, Martin had been, yeah, uh, Martin had just eliminated Boucher. Boucher actually grabbed Martin foot to, for the distraction and that lead to Matthew attacking him from behind and getting the pin with a jack hammer in 1359. A fun match. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. It's fast-paced and entertaining. A lot of those little nitpicky tropes that you see in all the elimination matches, bringing it down a little bit. Yeah, and that's all it really is, is like nitpicky stuff. I mean, I know you you are very critical of uh, multi-man matches, that kind of thing. I love multi-man matches. They're always super fun to watch. Uh, they keep the action going fast. They usually don't get too boring. I thought this was fine. And we go back to age. Robert Black attempt to interview Freddie Hudkin about his upcoming match with Aaron Williams. Uh, but Hudkin is despondent. But he's been trying to contact his partner, Don't Die Mile. He can't get hold of him. Uh, we a- he actually put him on speakerphone when he tried to call. I guess they used his real phone number here because they actually mute out the audio when the voicemail starts saying the phone number, which I thought was a nice touch, at, a, at least at a minimum. And then Mikhail Murphy and Jacob Lee interrupt in the middle of this. They're in the tag team turmoil match for the title later on tonight. It's going to be brand new title belt introduced later. And they get it there and they promise to quote, get put new weight around those belts. And I rewound to make sure I heard that right. Then I was like, we couldn't go back and re-edit this. No one caught them. <laughs> right. And I get the and I and then I get they tell tell the story a little bit later on that they're really kind of fresh out of training. They're brand new. I get that. You got to start somewhere. You're going to make those kind of mistakes. But at the same time, it's like you know, you're looking at live, looking at pre-tape. Yeah, <laughs> they tried. <laughs> From there, we have our next match, and it is Aaron Williams against Freddie Hudson. Yeah, this is a match, man. I uh, I love both these guys a lot. Got a lot of history of both these guys. Uh, Aaron, obviously, I've worked with on a weekly basis, so I saw him quite a bit. Um, and then uh, Freddie, I've actually known him from uh, his very beginnings just because uh, Grindhouse Pro Wrestling is where he trained at, which is uh, the school owned by Two Tough Tony. Um, and he uh, that's where Freddie Hudson is actually trained. And I have been uh, – well – I'm sure you guys have heard about the world famous arena in Jeffersonville. Uh, <laughs> I live literally two minutes from there. <laughs> um, so that's why I have a relationship with all the companies that run out of there and too tough. Tony, um, anytime he has a birthday party, he actually called me up for a bachelor party about a week ago to work. Uh, so, um, but yeah, uh, on a side note, um, that's where Freddie Hudson is also trained. And so I've literally seen that kid grow 
um, into what he has become. And I could be more proud to be like kind of a big brother to him. You know what I mean? So this match, I, I had to make sure that I had to be in there for just because of the relationship that I have with both these guys. And, uh, and they definitely didn't, you know, did, did work. Yeah. This was my favorite match of the entire card. I think I love this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, William actually slapped Freddie Hudson in the face, like right away and Duncan immediately die. <laughs> so you know, props to William for having a lot more balls than I would have. I wouldn't slap Freddie Hudson in the face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hudson is another one of those guys. We talked about guys like uh, Timmy Lou Retton in the past, guys that don't look like they're going to be that athletic, but are just deceptively agile. And yeah. Hudson is one of those guys. He's doing Rana and, you know, just think a guy his guy should not be able to do. I love Freddie Hudson. I think, like, when I think of him, I put him in the same category as guys like um lee moriarty and stuff like that where they can they they can fucking go on the mat and like they can do everything else too and it's uh it's special to watch freddie hudson wrestle like ever since i think the first time i saw him might have been uh i want to say maybe it was that i really remember was mouse's uh show that he did um that we were right night yeah, Fright Night. When when he did that, yeah. I really yeah. enjoyed his match there, and I think that really stood out enough to me that like ever since then, like when I see his name, I'm like, okay, I know this match is going to be good. So, well, and then him and Rob Kiljoy from Unsanctioned. Oh my God, uh, yes, that match was, was fucking awesome. Yeah, incredible. So, well, and then uh, you know, uh, on the other side, like Aaron Williams is in my top three. You know what I'm saying? Um, like I'll go ahead and say it. Like my my top three wrestlers is my number one is Mance Warner, number two is Eddie Kingston, number three is Aaron Williams. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, I got a top three right there. You know, like so, um, yeah. Like and uh, Aaron is like one of my best friends. Like like so, it's kind of it's somewhat biased maybe, but at the same time, Aaron is like so so good. I've literally never seen him have have a bad match. Uh, and that's why I was really excited for this one to happen. Um, so just because, like, I knew Freddie was gonna. Just because Freddie, Freddie is such a sponge. Like he learns from literally anybody he's in the ring with, and so mm-hmm. I knew he was gonna learn something out of this. I, yeah, and and this is great because this is really kind of an old school style type of match as well. Hug can it hot early. They go to the floor a little bit. William kicks the spear through the rope into the guardrail. And then he just starts working on the arm and working on the arm and working on the arm. And Hudson's getting a little bit of a comeback here, and William cut him off. It's just a good old school match. Mm-hmm. And then and then Hudson starts making that comeback, and the crowd is hot for that comeback. And then they start trading strike. And, I mean, like, it's, just, it's just beautifully structured. Like, 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 That's my favorite match in the entire card. I love how they structured this match. I love the storytelling in this match. Uh, you became a you became involved in the match unintentionally. William actually used you to stop Hudson from hitting the moonfault and then end up getting the roundhouse kick for the pin. 1451. Great, great stuff here. I love this match. Yeah. It's pretty messed up you let that happen, dude. <laughs> Surprise, we're here, we're here to corner you about that. Cause uh hey, I'm very upset. <laughs> so I, I, I've got to I've got to bury you for getting too close to Aaron Williams there. That's what well, I do on the show. I bury your ass. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to have uh, a, a point here later that uh, I'm gonna have to because I didn't see this whenever we were there, um, but here in a little bit we're gonna have to have a point where I'm gonna have to say maybe you know 
bury <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my 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 brother, my zebra, uh, Aaron Grider, as far as referees go, you know, and, and doing some things that I was like, whoa. Uh, but yeah, man, Aaron, uh, easily distracted as us zebras can be sometimes. Maybe think that he was hurt or whatever was going on with him. Got me in the way of Freddie doing whatever he was getting ready to do off the top rope, and uh, <laughs> and Aaron kicked his head off as he does. So yeah. I'm one of the few people that like I I get why people. Well, I guess I don't get it, but like a lot of people like Aaron Williams. I don't get him, and it's like he does for some reason he just doesn't connect with me. Like I understand he's a good wrestler, and I agree that he's a good wrestler, but I don't connect with him on that level of like wanting to watch him all the time i don't know what it is i don't know why i just haven't found the right thing to make me want to like watch his matches like when i see him wrestle i'm like okay like he's fine like he's serviceable and like i think he's a good wrestler but it's just like i don't know if it's just the gimmick or which isn't even a bad gimmick like i totally like that movie so like i should like the gimmick i just i don't know there's something missing with him that i just i don't connect with him on yeah i don't know what it is and like i i hate to be that guy that I, but there's like a handful of guys that i'm like that with like i don't know yeah no i i understand what you mean because i kind of felt the way about the baddest man alive until i started to work with him on a regular basis and then i kind of got it like he's all your favorite action movies like boy under one because mm-hmm. he kind of like the flap that like scorpion would wear with either the tights or you know trunks either or um and then he but he was also kind of like a johnny cage you know mm-hmm. uh, like it, it like and then now with the new gimmick that he's doing um it's like almost like a development of johnny cage but it's kind of like a gentleman psychopath uh and like it like i said like you have to i guess you have to be a fan to appreciate aaron williams and watch a bunch of his matches because like i said anytime i watch an aaron williams match like from start to finish he tells just beautiful stories like he's an artist as Mm -hmm. far as like professional wrestling goes in inside the squared circle you know what i'm saying uh and i think that's what i appreciate most about him um but as far as like you whatever he's trying to do with his character um you kind of have to uh i don't know like look into it you know uh, if that makes sense i guess maybe i'm expecting one thing from him and he's like doing something else and maybe that's why i'm just it's not connecting with me it you kind of put it in perspective saying like he does like what the stories he tells in the ring maybe if i'm looking more for that and not for you know something else uh, that's right yeah that it, maybe it'll connect with me maybe that's yeah. what it is yeah mm-hmm. yeah so well and then also too actually now that i think about it um i guess he somewhat represents a, a style of wrestling that like i kind of really appreciate just because i grew up like a, a martial artist type fan and like i, I really like those martial artist type characters and then also too i don't know if you were watching wmac masters did you guys ever watch that no no they used to come on any of you guys if you ever get a chance look it up on youtube it was almost like a real life mortal Kombat. um so and if you're a professional wrestling fan obviously it's kind of cool um it's like worked uh work martial arts but they have like characters um but Hmm. and then i'm a big mortal Kombat fan and stuff so uh that's why i was like kind of drawn to aaron from the beginning like i said and plus i was working with him so much so 
Okay, I guess that makes sense then. Like, as far as like the yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, and that, like I said, that I felt like he was every action movie rolled into one when I first started working with the dude. Like that, when, whenever I first started to kind of understand what he was trying to do, I guess so. And then now he's just started to become really creative and guys like him and like Jake Christ and like Gary, like they kind of consider what they're doing, like art, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. So from there, we get a quick uh, plug for new wave pro Patreon, patreon.com forward slash new wave pro. You can watch the pre-show matching from this show. The pre-show matching Hulk are not on cage match, which is why I didn't, we're not really going over any more detail than that. Uh, from there, we get Cole Radrick cutting a quick promo about a match with Coleman Tupu at the end of the night. And then the general manager, Earl Jokovic, heading to the ring. All right, so there was a situation a couple months before this with Earl Jokovic and Tanner Keeler, where Earl Jokovic apparently hit Keeler with a chair, or at least tried to. And Jokovic trying to deny the happened. And then Keeler comes out. They argue for a little bit. Then Jokovic takes Keeler down, and we end up having a pull-apart brawl. Now, correct me no, if what? I'm correct me if I'm wrong here. Maybe I maybe I'm just misinterpreting this here, but it felt like they were trying to position Earl Joseph as the at the baby faking this situation. Yeah, but but it, he definitely acting like the heel throughout the whole thing. No, I didn't try to hit him. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, you, you, oh, I'm just going to take you down right here when you're not expecting it. Like that, that, that heelish tactic there. A little bit. Well, and also uh, that's actually Tanner Keeler's manager. Uh, his name was Tyler Kenny, I believe is his last name, Tyler K. Uh, but yeah, that's actually uh, Tanner's manager. Okay, uh, the, the, the audio was not great here. So I'm kind of yeah, trying to get it, 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 I completely understand. Um, so yeah, but and they actually had an altercation at a show before, and that, like I said, this is before I was at New Wave, so I'm not sure exactly what happened. Um, but they, some of it is explained in the promo if you watch it back. Uh, some of you, you know, listeners tuning in, but um. But yeah, um, they end up <laughs> having a brawl, uh, end up having to be pulled apart by the referees. And uh, and I think it's setting up for some stuff that's going to end up happening. Well, that happened on this last show. Um, Tanner had actually um, cheated all throughout the match and Earl had came out and had the Von Englis with him. But, you know, that's something that's going to be on IWTV whenever it comes out. So um yeah, Earl is ending up going to be a heel manager, general manager. Um, but he was kind of doing some babyface things just because he was babyface. So the heel general manager is not overdone at all. Uh, <laughs> although I will say though, I'm glad you bring up that they're using the Von England, but they've done some stuff up here in AIW and with old wrestling in our area, and I love those two. Those those two are great. Yeah, well, um Earl is well is shoot british um and so the three of them together is going to be so awesome yeah that that's definitely going to be a definitely going to be a lot of fun there mm-hmm. okay all right so then we have eric dillinger cutting a promo about his match upcoming with jtg a little bit later on and from there we have our next matchup it is campbell mile taking on conan lichen and and this may be the first time i've seen either of these two so this is very interesting here I assume this is where you want to quote unquote bury your brother here. If the finish look big something near the end of the match, we'll get to it if I, if I'm correct. No, 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 no. It's it's during the JTG and uh um Eric Dillinger, but we'll get to it. <laughs> okay, okay. Met, yeah, I, I must have seen something different than what you did here. Um Yeah. Okay, so basically we've got 
Lycan just kind of throwing Myers around, seemingly at will in the early going. And Meyer finally is able to use his speed to his advantage. I actually wrote, have a note here. If everybody on the show is Hero 1 USA champion, but it's the second match out of three where this guy can Hero 1 whatever champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I like that they're throwing that in, let them know, hey, these guys are doing doing great things in other places. That's why you should care that they're here. But it's like the boat aren't on the line. They're not bringing the boat with them. It's just kind of, yeah, kind of jarring when come, people come out with no boat. Oh, well, they're this champion. Okay. See, I'm the opposite. I like when they mention other companies because it gives like if they're in that same realm, if they're like stuff can carry over potentially like it's it's kind of makes like wrestling feel like a bigger uh, world than just like this promotion. Only what's here counts like they mention it. Yeah, he doesn't come to the ring with the belt, but he is the champion in that promotion. And, you know, you never know what that's going to tie to later on. So and that kind of gives him some type of status. Because uh, no, I do. I don't get, no, else. don't get me wrong. I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm not shitting on bringing it up by any means. I. I like that they're bringing it up. It's just, it's just the fact that you're five minutes into a match. Well, he think you're a one junior heavyweight champion or whatever. It's like, oh, okay. And it's like when you just kind of throw it out there, like in the middle of a match. Yeah. Right. Well, and because like I, 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 I see what you mean as far as I was in agree with Charlie. Just because earlier, uh, going back to the Aaron Williams and Freddie match, they kind of used it to say how much of a veteran and, you know, some of the accolades of Aaron Williams, you know what I mean? Um, as far as him being a seven-time IWA champion uh, and the only person to ever win TPIs back-to-back and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I, I like whenever they kind of throw stuff like that out as well. Yeah, like, like I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you, too, that I like when they throw, when they throw that out, but it's just it. When it's two matches in a row and they're mentioning the game, other company, well, it's like, okay. Like, I, well, I, well, to agree with you, though, Jayhawk, um, there was a time uh, during the scramble, going back to it, where they said it, and then literally two seconds later, whoever was champion had got pinned. It was a victor, yeah. maybe? And I was just like, ah, oh, like that might have not have been good timing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it goes both ways, and it's for that reason, especially yeah. like, uh, out of the camp, if you've got a guy working at a local promotion for the first time, make sure you mention I'm champion of Cutch and Cutch, and they end up losing the match in like two minutes or whatever. Well, now now you've made that company look look, look like crap. It goes both ways. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the match at Cove here, that's that pretty much fun. Again, like another guy, he kind of deceptively agile. He does a, a standing moon fault here. He doesn't look like, look like the kind of guy who could, who could do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, so he wasn't impressive in that in that sense here. Uh, yeah, we get a springboard, we get a springboard cutter for Meyer. Butter favorite move. <laughs> okay, uh, finish here. Meyer grabs a chair out of the crowd. Referee grabs it from him, and while he's putting the chair away, Meyer grabs a sledgehammer, and you can get instead. But the way the referee positioned, how did he not see him grab the sledgehammer? <laughs> He didn't see him use it, granted, but there's no way he didn't see him grab it. Like you're like like you're you did not have your head turned enough to where you could not see that. Yeah. <laughs> Put the chair out on a different side of the ring. If that's the guy the sledgehammer gone. Yeah, mm. you I, I get working the hard cam, but that, that it killed you here. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> uh well, and going back to I was gonna say about uh Conan Lycan, um, he's another black and brave guy that uh is uh, been really getting around and doing stuff. Uh, and he's got a really good look and deceptively agile because he had 
like you said, that standing moonsault was beautiful that he hit. Uh, so, and then Campbell Myers is a St. Louis guy um, who you can see him on like St. Louis Anarchy and Journey Pro and different stuff like that. Um, and uh, he's been doing some paradigm stuff here recently as well. So uh, both those guys, but I, I feel like they put on a fun little match here. So are, yeah, we, are we all in agreement that uh, Conan Lycan was, uh, he's secretly a werewolf. Is that like what his gimmick is? He's secretly a werewolf. <laughs> right. I, I believe I'm not. Don't, don't, don't make the last name Lycan make sense. Yeah. It gives you away, sir. You better figure something <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> you better stay inside on the full moon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go from there. We get a quick pro, a quick pre-tape promo from earlier in the day. Uh, Matt Brannigan is arriving to the building, taking a leak at a tree for some reason when the camera turned on. We didn't need to see that. <laughs> then he cuts the promo regarding the gauntlet magic and cutting into the into the ring. Uh, we follow that up with JTG cutting a promo about his match with Eric Dillinger. And we're going to that. JTG, Eric Dillinger one-on-one. Uh, JTG is in fantastic shape. But uh, I I don't mean that can insult, although it might come off that way to the wrong person. He looked like a really full rich swan with the way his hair is done and the and the, the plain black trunk, black boot. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, I mean, like, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I love rich swan too. God, please, nobody take that like I'm trying to be offensive. I'm not. That was just my first impression when I call him in a gear. JTG just uh, has come back and been like a million bucks on the indies like this last year. Or so. <laughs> He uh, still looks super impressive. Like, holy shit. He's, yeah. yeah. And in the NWA, and take a shot every time commentary can JTG and NWA Cooperstar. Or they call him The God. Wow. Mm. J, J, The God, JTG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but look at the fun little matchup here. Dillinger, Dillinger looked good. I, yeah, he, yeah he, he went good throughout the whole thing. Uh, JTG did a backdrop on the steel ramp. It looked and counted quick. It was cold well. Uh, we got another cake here, though. Dillinger hit the tornado DDT back in the ring. Does not go for a cover. That's why Jake the Snake Robert will always be the master of the DDT. But keep pinning people with that shit. <laughs> Everybody else standing around like, what do I do now? Pin somebody with that shit. That's what you do now. Well, I guess maybe that's like everybody's argument of uh, only certain people are the master of the cutter and can beat people with it. And then other people's version of the cutter just isn't enough to get it done. Same with the super kick. I guess that's the excuse people use, but I don't know. I've I've heard I've heard work at Gukin. <laughs> okay, so here's where I'm assuming you want to call out your call out your Gibro here. Uh, Dillinger avoids a splash mountain bomb, but when he lands, he starts favoring his knee, and he calls for the X, trying to get some help out there. And while he's doing that, low blow pedigree pin. Yeah, man, he threw up the X, and I was like, ah. Oh. Come on, because, well, let me go ahead and shameless plug for my podcast, uh, Got Your Five Stars. We just recently had Eric Dillinger on there. Um, go back and check that out. Eric is a great dude, um, and uh, and he's really doing uh, doing some cool things. He's, he's got some steam going behind him with companies like New Wave and AWR. Um, but <clears throat> besides that, another shameless plug for my podcast is an episode with my Zebro, Max Recon where he brings up the fact that he will literally fight you if you throw up an X and it's a work. 
uh, whenever, so I was actually watching this match like out there, and whenever that had went down, as soon as he was you know checking on him, and I was like, oh, let me get out of here, because I'm very much like kayfabe. Like if there's a spot going with a referee, some kind of cheating, whatever, I don't want to be seen on camera, so I'll leave. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'll just stop watching the match, and I'll be like, I'll watch it later. But uh, so I didn't see this actually happen until I was watching it back in preparation for this show, and I was just like, and. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> like, dude, not the X. Like, anything but the X. Like, because he could have kept waving like he was doing and just be like, I need some help. I need some help. I need some help. I need some help. Whatever. But he threw up the X, and I was just like, oh, that's sacred, bro. Like, that's literally only for any referees tuning in is listening to this. That's only to be used if it's an actual real injury. I can't, uh, it, I can't stress that enough. Like, just because, like, I've seen it done before, not just Aaron doing it, but other referees have used it uh, as far as, as part of a work. And there's other things that you can do besides throwing up an X. Okay. Playing devil advocate here. And again, and I absolutely agree with you 100%. I don't think I'm trying to agree with you when I say this. But at this point, so many people that shouldn't know what the X means know what the X means. Do you think there's a tendency to try to go with the X to try to fool the, the, the live crowd if they're a little bit smarter mm-hmm. to try to get some more to actually try to get some more heat on the heel because of that? Okay. Like I said, I absolutely agree with you. Don't throw it up and like a legitimate injury, but I think that's the line of thinking. Yeah. Well, everybody no. knows. Everybody knows the X is a real injury. So if we use that here when it's not a real injury, now now they, now there's more heat. I think yeah, that's right. what the point behind it. Well, and to, you know, I, I, I feel you 100%. And trust me, like, I used to be that kind of ref. And because um, this is why I hold so much regard to homicide. Um, because there was a time period where I was working with homicide on a weekly basis. There was a spot that uh, that we did. It was actually during an Aaron Williams and Eddie Kingston match um, where uh, Aaron had got power but no aaron had power bomb eddie kingston on the outside and it was on concrete um and the smack that it made was just like disgusting sounding um and uh but anyway regardless we were in the back and eddie or homicide had asked me he goes hey what would you do uh if if somebody was hurt and i was like "I, i would throw up the x and he was like uh like would you do that for real like if it was a real injury and i was like yeah and he was like what would you what would you really do I was like, well, first and foremost, I would look at Ian and I'd be like, hey, he's he's hurt. Like, you know, and wait for him to come over here. You know what I'm saying? And be like, yo, he's hurt. Like, and he was like, that's what you need to do. And he was like, wait for help. Like, hey, he's hurt. You know what I'm saying? I need some help over here. And I was like, okay. And we actually, <laughs> to go completely behind the curtain, we actually ended up working Ian off of that because he came over freaking out. and Because Eddie had just got signed by Impact and he came over freaking out and he was like, are you for real? Are you for real? Are you really hurting? Are you really hurting? Are you really hurting? And uh, yeah, so <laughs> good time. <laughs> yeah, I sure. feel like we should. I feel like we should have Odie Brown in on the conversation. I think he'd be getting, he'd be enjoying the part of the conversation right now. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, I, I love Odie. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Zebra Talk. They got merch. Uh, check this stuff out. I got some of their merch. So <laughs> yeah, I've got the jump suit. I got to come to the Mac. Go. Oh man, I need the jumpsuit. I've talked to Odie about getting a jumpsuit. Uh, my my brother Max Recon, AJ Kissinger, uh, that's my big bro. He he has a jumpsuit. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Order it one type bigger than you normally would, though. But those are snug. 
That's what I heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Max made that mistake. So. <laughs> All right. Now, after the match, we get Shane Boucher cutting a promo, blaming the referee for her elimination earlier in the night and basically telling Martin and Matthew both, hey, I've one on one, I'll beat you. I'll be, can be, I can beat you both at the same time. So we're cutting up some future matches there. And then we Shane have has the a point, team. though. Shane has a point, though. That ref cost him that match. <laughs> that darn referee <laughs> he don't, don't feel too bad here Sean he does this shit to me all the time when he got show guy work too <laughs> I, yeah any any of my rough friends uh, whether it be Clemens or any of them I give them shit uh, after the show about uh, you know if they do something that something happens during a match or whatever uh, I always give them shit so it's fun <laughs> oh man, that, that's one of my favorite times is being out in the parking lot at you know the different shows that I'm on, and people will be like, "Man, it's so much fun to yell at you," and I'm just like, "Yeah, it is what it is." So, because <laughs> we'll hang out after. This. There was actually one old guy who was a regular. He still is a regular at IWA Mid South, and uh, so and he would he would actually give me the most crap, uh, and then at, at intermission he would buy me a Dr Pepper. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and he would always look at me, you know, see me passing or whatever, and he'd be like, "Hey, Sean, you need a drink?" <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I always, I always love, I always love when when people on the show that actually work the show are kind of giving you a shit, like in Jeff too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah. did, I did a match. I did a match one night. I'm very nearsighted, but I very rarely ref with my glasses on because I'm nearsighted, so I really don't need them unless like the timekeeper is like way off and we don't have the I- IFB. So I'm so they do an angle where I'm, they want me to turn heel and start managing, and they want me to to my glass to fly off my face. And I've already refereed two matches without my glass at this point. I'm like <laughs> uh, that's not going to work. Why not? Like, I haven't worn my glass yet today. It's not going to work. I'm like, why don't I pretend to Luke a contact? So I I do the two count. I start pretending like I'm looking for my contact, and the court, and the crowd like giving me shit. It's like he doesn't wear a contact. Look at bullshit. Whatever. Yeah. They're buying into it. I get back at intermission and the ring announcer go, dude, when you were looking for your contact, you look like Velma looking for a glass on Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love shit like that. Yeah, well, no. Uh, well, and let me, to, to go back around and, and shout out my brother Aaron Grider because I just buried him. Uh, he's actually a really good referee, man, and, and I, I love working with him and stuff. But me and him actually worked a, uh, a show down in Alabama recently for Belladonna, and uh, he accidentally wore his glasses out there. Uh, but then they wanted him to do some kind of distraction on the next match. And during the match, somebody had said, well, they were watching his first match and they were like, does he normally wear glasses out there? And I was like, no. And so when he came back, they were like, hey, can we knock your glasses off? And he was like, actually, yeah. He's like, I don't normally wear them out there. He's like, I didn't mean to wear them out there. And so he ended up getting them knocked off uh, because of it and stuff. And it ended up being a distraction. So it was pretty funny uh, that it reminded me of that uh, going back around because Aaron is such a good ref, like as far as his personality and different stuff, like he has some of my favorite reactions in wrestling. So, okay. Uh, coming back around to the tag team turmoil match here, we have five teams. We have Jacob Lee w- w- Winner and Mikhail Murphy, the Gingerver, Collateral Damage, the Champion, the Tart Foundation, and Custom Made. And the order of any order that they come out in here, uh, the Tart Foundation, I would both 
happy and kind of find out meant Pop Tart. I don't know what I was expecting with the name, but I wasn't expecting Pop Tart. <laughs> okay, Butter and I have had the conversation before, Sean, but I, I'll ask you here. Can, can hear our guest here. Favorite Pop Tart flavor? Uh, favorite Pop Tart flavor would probably have to be strawberry. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more of a fruity kind of guy. Although, like, I do like chocolate stuff. S'mores is not bad. Uh, but uh, I, I I have to toast mine. I can't eat a, a cold Pop-Tart. Oh, you're a toaster. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Either toaster or microwave, although microwave obviously makes it a little soggy. So, but not soggy, soft, I guess. <laughs> All right. So, t- tag team turmoil match for those who are not aware. Two teams start. One, one team and beat the next team come out and go on and go forth until we have a winner. I, I did not take deep, very deep notes about them, but these are kind of hard to kind of keep note of, especially sure. if they start getting, if they start getting kind of fat peak here. I will just touch some of the high point here. Um, I like a tart foundation. I like the pop tart gimmick. Fantastic. Those guys are great. I really got into the team of custom made when they came out too. Cameron Catton and Gaston LaRue. I enjoyed those two guys quite a bit. But the last couple of sequences here were really fantastic tag matches. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, and they actually ended up having another tag match. If you go and watch on one of the New Wave, it was uh, New Wave. Uh, it was either the uh, Indie Darling show or the Always Sunny show. Uh, either one of those two. Uh, they were both an outdoor show, but they ended up having a, a you know regular tag team match, Tart Foundation and Custom Made. So... Pretty looked good like stuff. Would, looked like that would get the Indie Darlings show. Indie Darlings, there you go. Yep. Cage match to the rescue. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, uh, both those guys, th- there was all kinds of good tag team stuff. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of all the different teams that was in there. Uh, did you have the list of the teams again? Yeah. Jacob Lee Winter and Mikhail Murphy. The Gingerverse of Jacob Braun and Mark Vandy. Yeah, that's who started it out. Gingerverse. I actually know those guys from the Northern Indiana area. I worked with them earlier in my career. Um, and uh, so, yeah, both those guys, um, it's, it's cool to see them getting on the road and starting to get to other places and stuff. I know they've came down and done some IWA stuff before, but, yeah, good to see those guys. And then we had Collateral Damage, Renegade and Sabotage. Yeah, I don't know much about those guys, though. <sighs> and then the Tar Foundation and then Custom Made with the last team that came out. Right. Okay, so I end up I watched the show on Wednesday. So my I have a note here that collateral damage and elimination is weird, and I don't remember what why I wrote that. I did, that's the only note I wrote about that elimination. I'm trying to think of what it was. Uh, what it was, uh, it was what it was. It was there was a three count, but they weren't sure if it was a three count. Everybody just kind of stood around like, "What's going on?" Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> like it, it was a three count. I remember I rewound it to double check it. It was definitely a three count. But I don't know if that one can supposed to be a three count and it got fucked up or if they thought he kicked out when he didn't kick out or what was going on with it. But Yeah. I, I remember backstage we kind of had that same reaction. So any thoughts on this, buddy? If you just watched it today, your memory should be better than mine. Um I was able to rig my can opener uh that broke on me <laughs> with a uh drill so that I could open the last three cans of sauce that I needed to make my chili. Thank you. Yeah, how much attention you were paying to your homework this week? Uh, certain stuff, man. Like I watched most of the show. Like sometime I had to go into the kitchen and do some cooking, man. You know. Yeah, there was a lot that happened in this match, so <laughs> I completely understand. 
Yeah, like I, I didn't take really detailed notes. I mean, there's so much going on in a match like that. Commentary was screaming yeah. a lot. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I kind of was trying to keep track of what was going on. I'd walk back in and watch it for a second, go back in and do some other stuff. <laughs> yeah, the final pin with Matt Brannigan pinning Gaston LaRue with, when he held LaRue up in the air and... Aaron Allen came off the top of the Mickle drop kick. 25 minutes, 51 seconds for the entire thing, bell to bell. Good stuff. A lot, just a lot of action. Just, it's, just, it's just hard to keep notes on and follow. Tag team gauntlet matches are my least favorite, I guess. If, if we ever talked about this, like, you know how I said multi-man matches I really enjoy and how you hate multi-man matches? I think I really dislike tag team gauntlet matches. They never go the proper length for me. Like, if a... Tag team gauntlet match was going to go the proper length. It would have to take like an hour. I feel like uh, in my in my brain just for it to like fit properly, and it never ever makes sense. Like I don't, I get the way they they're timed out and they they're put into mat and like into shows, but it just like it needs to be longer. It never is, and it just. I don't know. I don't even know if I would like it if it's in it for me. Well, I don't even know if I would like it if it is longer though. That's the thing. Like I've never seen one that went like a, a long time because it needed to be, but at the same time, I don't know if I would even enjoy like an hour long multi-person like tag team swap out match like that. I don't know if I would, I just, I just don't like that type of gauntlet. Mm-hmm. I don't like regular. I don't like how regular gauntlets are done anymore either. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not really a fan of gauntlets period to be honest. As far as if, if we're talking match types and stuff, yeah, I'm not a big fan of gauntlets in general. And they can be done right sometimes. Like, wasn't it the, what, what was uh, Raw where the Seth Rollins went like an hour or something like yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that was pretty cool. You know, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, go ahead. What were you saying, Charlie? When it's like part of a storyline, like if you got like a guy that's feeding with a stable and he's going to go like run the gauntlet of the stable, like then it would make sense to me. Like he gets all the way down barely survives the last like second to last guy then like whoever he's really feuding with is the last guy and beats him easily because he's so worn down like it fits for storylines it does not fit as a match type to be used on an indie wrestling show unless you're telling a story and i mean and that's still even something like it it would have to be really stellar to be like the the main story if i was going to use it on an indie show it'd have to have like a lot of stellar names in it in that crew for it to like fit and it just not something you can do on indie wrestling i feel like that's something for like there's certain match types that only like we call corporate tv or like major companies could really pull off not something that an indie could pull off and it fit well with the product yeah I'll put this into perspective for you as far as the match lengths go. So I, I, I timed it out at 25-51. Yeah. Looking at, you're looking at four, basically four separate tag team matches here. So on average, you're looking between six and seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And that 25-51 is from opening bell to closing bell. Like the entrance of the other three matches are included in that time. Right. Yeah. But realistically, you're probably looking at at most about five minutes for each match. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and did have something that they were, you know, kind of fighting for as far as like, uh, I think the match was for the tag team championships because they're starting to develop a tag team division. Right. Uh, like at this last show that we had this weekend, uh, the main event was um, unsigned and don't care against uh, shooters. Don't die with Freddie and, and miles. Um, so don't die miles. So, you know, they're starting to develop a tag team division um, and, you know, they've got belts at the moment. The Tart Foundation has the belts. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. I think that they 
actually lost them to the Von Englands uh, this past weekend. So yes, I congratulated um, them on that actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now that I think about it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, like I said, they're starting to develop a tag team division. Um, And this is, kind of the start of it i guess you know even though i'm not a like me me and you charlie were talking about it not big fans of gauntlets it it, it kind of like i guess it was something to set the tone to you know be like hey we're starting to care about tag teams and so uh yeah we'll see where it goes and also too ended up with some pretty cool um matchups like at the end of it when we were talking about with tart foundation and custom made and then they ended up having a match out of it so yeah, the, uh, tag team wrestling is really interesting right now. There's a lot of interesting teams in all the different regions of uh, the country. Like, I'd be very interested to see somebody um, that's centralized between like Ohio, Indiana, and like Atlanta and stuff like that, and Georgia, and then that whole surrounding area. Just like find one centralized area and do like a tag team, like best in the region or something. That'd be really cool because there's so many very unique teams that just aren't huge names that really should be and uh i think there could be some really fun awesome matchups between some of the teams for sure yeah i agree that'd be cool come on mouse do it you know you want to (laughs) (laughs) yeah mouth country mouth country probably would do it and i would be the first one to volunteer my career if he needed any help for that show whatsoever (laughs) but i mean he's doing another tag magic i do love he's doing another fright night and uh I was I was trying to get myself booked on it, and uh, if I am booked on it, it'll be as a sexy valet. So I don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I'm I'm able to make it to the Friday night because it's the same weekend that we got Florida for ICW. So, but he's doing it that Sunday, and Murdoch said that he's going to make it. So if Murdoch's going to be there, I'm obviously going to be in his car. So we'll see if I'm there. Hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> Yeah, I I had it planned, and then I'm, like, going to Fargo, and I'm, like, recording some stuff for IWTV, and I'm, like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, it's I'm really going to be packed, and, like, I got a wedding the following weekend. I'm just, like, and then work in between all that, like, a shoot job. I don't know. I don't think I can do it. I want to so bad because I love Mouse, and I want to be there and, and experience one of his shows, and it just... It hasn't lined up yet. Eventually, it's gonna, and I'll, I'll, I'm very excited for the day that happens. So. Yeah, last year Friday night was so much fun. <laughs> it looked like it. We lo- we yeah. had a, we had a ball reviewing it. So yeah. <laughs> right. From there, we get Gary J cutting a promo about his upcoming match with Don't Die Miles, and then Mad Dog Connolly enters the ring, and he issues an open challenge, and Cage Phillip ends up anchoring that open challenge. So once again, I mentioned this earlier, you guys are going to have to carry me on this match, but I did not get to see most of this. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I was trying to watch this Wednesday night before Dynamite. I wasn't actually expecting to be off on Wednesday. I wound up being off on Wednesday, and I'm going, I got just enough time to watch the show before Dynamite. They're fantastic. And as this match is coming to the ring, the my gun school call and says, oh, by the way, we're down to one bus tomorrow, and if your kid rides that bus, you need to find either find a way to get him to school or keep him home because there's no other way of getting him to school. Wow. Yeah. So I ended up spending like the entire length of the match, like trying to find somebody to at least pick my son up from school. If I could take him to school and he wouldn't have to miss the day. Mm. Yeah. Well, what actually was supposed to be, uh, was originally booked for this match was uh hardway heater against Austin Connolly. 
Um, and uh, Hardway Heater had actually gotten hurt at a show the day before. Uh, he ended up, I think he ended up breaking his neck or something. He did something uh, like kind of devastating. To, you know, he's been off for now a few months, but because uh, this was, I think this mob uh, mob rule show was was about two months ago. Um, so yeah, uh, and I think he's supposed to be off for quite a bit of time so uh any of the listeners tuning in definitely check out hardaway heaters social media and uh donate you know buy a t-shirt he's got some really cool merch um because he is a dude who was really starting to get some steam under him he was doing some really cool things and then ended up getting hurt uh, like i said the day before the show <clears throat> and uh had to pull out and so that's why i ended up they put sage phillip in his place um and uh, Sage had already kind of had some stuff in the works that we will get to in the main that they were going to be doing with him. So uh, it just kind of worked out perfectly. Um, Sage is a guy who has really started to grow into his own um, and, uh, and and started to get some steam as well. Uh, he is a guy who I've actually known since early, early in my career. And I've got to work with him quite a bit uh, just because he also did some time in IWA too. And uh, so it's really cool to see Sage starting to become uh, somewhat of a, a master technician in the ring and, and do some of the stuff that he does. And then Hardway, uh, excuse me, uh, Austin Connolly is the same way. Um, he's one of those guys that uh, I met back in the day with like Victor Analog. He's an Illinois guy. Um, and he has a lot of very much like Brody vibes. Um, just the, a hard-nosed dude who is going to get in there and beat somebody's ass. He actually teams with uh, with Big Beef um, mm. in certain places, and so and him and Big Beef and Alice Garvin are, are a pretty devastating team. So this match was a lot of fun just because you got Austin in there beating you know Sage down at certain points, and then Sage tying Austin up in knots. So. I love Sage Phillips. I first time I saw him was I think in like a battle royal at Black Label Pro, um, and his look just like worked for me. I'm like, okay, I like the way this guy looks. And then like in the ring, like he he was interesting to watch in the ring, and I'm like, okay, I, I keep an eye on him. And like he's like I felt like he's been in and out. Like I would hear a bunch about him, and he'd be doing some cool stuff, and then I wouldn't hear about him for like six months, and then all of a sudden I'd hear about him a bunch, and it's like so. Uh, this latest like round of like seeing him and, and hearing him and like he's really been on a run lately so um it's really cool to see and uh I, like the the parts of this match that i saw like he was, was really uh you know one of those things like you said uh conley was just like going crazy hitting gut wrench power bombs and like sage was just like an iron band coming back from it and uh being able to beat uh conley is just yeah good stuff Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't be able to catch the finish. It was Philip gained the pin with a running knee in ten fourteen. Yeah, the, the two minutes of it I saw was really good. No idea how the first date went. <laughs> yeah, and actually another shameless plug. Uh, this match was actually sponsored by uh, Jeremy, and I got you five stars. Um, and so uh, that's why uh, I definitely wanted to be a part of this match, just because I also love both those guys a lot, uh, and. Uh, but cheap love for my podcast. Go <laughs> <laughs> so from there. We get Coleman Tupu cutting a promo about his match coming up with Cole Radrick. And then we have a last man standing match for the new wave pro crossroad championship. 
The champion, Don't Die Miles, defending against Gary J. Miles attacked Jay through the crowd to start the match and immediately steal Gary J. spot of the three consecutive dive. <laughs> yeah, at this point, it doesn't really matter what happened after that, but it's like, okay, how do you top that? Mm-hmm. Well, Miles tried. <laughs> what all came about Don't Die Miles, whether you like the, the kid or not, this guy killing himself with nearly every bump to get this match and this last man stipulation, the last man stating stipulation over. This mm. dude worked fucking hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and he also connects. Uh, it, like, if you ever see a Don't Die Miles interest, especially at like a New Wave Pro, uh, with, you know, obviously it didn't happen with this one. Uh, kind of a small little backstory with that. Miles, he took some time off from wrestling, he was going through a lot of personal stuff. Uh, and that's what the promo earlier that we had talked about alluded to as far as Freddie trying to call him just to make sure he was going to be at the show and uh, and he couldn't get a hold of him. And uh, so that's why they had Miles end up sneaking through the crowd um, in a hoodie and different stuff because Gary had been talking trash about, you know, uh, <laughs> him kind of, you know, not being able to, I guess, handle the business of professional wrestling and whatever different stuff, if you want to call it, uh, you can see some of those promos on his social media. Um, but yeah, uh, that's why it ended up being the way that it was. And so, but yeah, as you said, that that's where the don't die moniker comes from, man. Miles literally, he, and he also sells his ass off, uh, besides the fact that he will put his body through hell. Um, but yeah, he, he works really, really hard. They don't. They don't even get into the ring until about seven minutes into the match. Uh, my own kick a sunset powerbomb through a table, and that, that leads to both of those guys being down for being down for about nine. My own starts bringing chairs into the ring. I lost track of how many chairs he threw in. Like he's just chucking chairs, and it started to look like the EKW spot with Public Enemy, Captain Jack, and Terry Funk. Just chair upon chair upon chair coming into the ring. Oh uh, yeah. Well, and uh, I do want to give another shout out to my brother Aaron Grider. Because at one point he almost got taken out when they piled up the chairs, and uh, there was a chair where one of the legs was sticking up, and he knew what was coming as far as the 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 big uh, superplex off the top, and so he went to grab one of the chairs, and it was literally like <laughs> half a second before they were coming down, and they almost came down on top of him, and the angle that that camera had got to where you see Aaron literally moving right as they come down was. Oh man, <laughs> made my heart jump just because he, he, like I said, he almost got taken out just trying to make sure that those guys were okay. Uh, so kudos to my brother for doing his job. <laughs> and, and thank you for explaining that. Because I noticed that I, was watch, I wasn't watching him. I was watching the wrestler and I mm-hmm. they were coming down. I'm like, Hey, we'll kill the ref. What happened? Yeah. Well, what it was, was there was a leg that was sticking up uh, just because of how it was positioned. And I guess, you know, him just, uh, looking forward uh, and all that, he was just like, "Oh shoot!" and reposition the chair, and then, <laughs> but it just so happened to be right as they were coming down. <laughs> Aaron Williams comes out to ringside for you know, you know around this point. We get a DDT onto the apron, then a frog flash onto the chair. Aaron Williams distract, don't die, mile. That leads to Gary J hitting a rolling elbow for the pit, for the win in fifteen thirty seven. And nitpicky little gripe here. All the chair, all the poop on the chair, gonna like an elbow that end up finishing it. I get it, Jay Finisher, and I get that they're protecting it, and I appreciate that. But it's kind of climatic after everything else they've done to each other. Then mm, feel it. Match is great, though. Don't get me wrong. That was my second favorite match on the show. Interestingly enough, 
those two matches with the with the partner against each other basically were my two favorite matches of the show. <laughs> After well, the match, they they take a handshake and then William kicked Miles in the back of the head to prevent the handshake and they walk off. Mm-hmm. Right, and what I was just say that that ended up leading to the show that we had this past weekend uh, with the main event being Shooters Don't Die against uh, uh, Unsigned and Don't Care, and uh, they put on quite the match. Any thought, Butter? I know you were making your chili, though, but you've been kind of quiet. <laughs> no, the the superplex off the top was just insane. Like especially on the chairs, it really looked like Miles like was destroyed by that. And like I know he had taken time off, and I wasn't sure why or when, and if this had tied to it because I was like that looked like it really fucked him up when they, when he landed on those chairs. <laughs> no, he yeah he actually took time off before this, so okay. this was him back. Uh, but that that wasn't even the spot that really got me. The the worst spot <laughs> was uh, for me. What actually because I remember watching it back, and then whenever I was watching it again for the show, um, when uh, when Miles did the uh, the the power bomb off the apron, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and he came through the table, and the table broke, and then Gary actually hit the part the piece of the table that was leaned up against the uh, um, the guardrail. And uh, and like the thud of Gary's head hitting that table like live was nasty, but you could hear it, you know, going whenever we were, you know, playing it back on IWTV, and uh, that that was probably the spot that I was most like, oh geez, about. <laughs> so, and we have a promo from Jay Martin regarding uh, it matched with Matthew on August twenty eighth and Shane Boucher the following day on the 29th. and then we have our main event of the evening. Coleman Tupu defending the New Wave Pro Heavyweight Championship against Cole Radrick. This was a war. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it was a banger for sure. Yeah, and Cole, uh, Cole Radrick's one of those guys that's, you know, got a lot of steam right now uh, and been doing some really cool stuff. Uh, and Solomon Tupu is uh, an animal who, like, it's cool because I've seen that guy show up to help at a lot of different places, but for places you know places like new wave pro to see the potential in him to put the belt on him uh and have the matches that he's had because you know on other shows i think it was right here right now the show that we were talking about that they had before it was him and aaron williams for the belt so uh solomon tupu is is really starting to grow into in, into his own uh but you know right now cole radrick is just in his zone so really fun match oh yeah this was definitely lived up to the main event hype. Um, they this was just, I mean, this was crazy. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, ref bumps, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, even had a a heel turn at the end of it. Um, Sage, well, to to go ahead and jump forward to the finish. Uh, Sage and and Cole, they uh, they've been tagging for quite some time. They've been you know back and forth best friends. Uh, they've had a few different storylines and other companies, um, and they uh, they now <laughs> are at odds once again. And uh, but we'll get there whenever we get there. I I mean I think you guys pretty much hit everything I was really going to make here. Tupu largely in control. Radrick getting his little uh, flurry and you know Falco come back in. Uh, we get the ref bump. Gage Phillips actually bring out the second referee when Radrick got the virtual pin. Go and look like he kind of tied, and then then he pulled the leg on the next mm. pinfall attempt. Yeah, that heel turn. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, and it was really cool because the crowd reacted exactly how we wanted. And they were just like, what the heck, you know? <laughs> yep. Always good when you get that reaction you want. Yeah, it's not easy to pull off in this day in wrestling. I mean, so much of the curtain can pull back at this point. Like, it's hard to fool people. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get them to react the way you want to react where screw that guy for doing that. Usually he falls on a promotion on something like that. So, yeah, definitely definitely a nice little change of pace. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah. Stupid one came the pin with the Uranaki, fifteen oh one, the time of the fall. And good stuff, good stuff in that main event. I I just felt like it couldn't follow the last man standing match. They did they did so much to each other. That's not their fault, obviously. Like you know, you can't you can't control where your position on the card. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, to go ahead and plug their show coming up for people that want to tune in. That was why. It was uh, it was hard to do anything else but that tag team match as far as shooters don't die and uh, and unsigned and don't care is the main and that's why they started it off with uh, a title match so uh, it was kind of a cool little change of pace I I like sometimes when shows will start it off with a title match because it it makes it really kind of a big fight feel uh, and they had Lord Crew against um, Solomon Tupu at this last one so that was really cool. So, right. yeah. All right, guys. We normally do at the end of the show. We go around, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Jayhawk, what do you what are you giving it? I want to give it a thumbs up. Showing a little bit on the long side, but I wasn't bored through any of it. I enjoyed pretty much every match on the card, and there's nice little talent on here. I, I would like to keep them tight to show up a little bit. Try to keep in like the two and a half hour mark, especially when you're not going live. That, that would really be my biggest critic. I'm happy with it. Thumbs up. Yeah, I'm going to go thumbs up as well. Um, I think like, you know, with my list of negatives and positives, my list of positives was definitely uh, longer than the negatives on it. So, uh, and I I did enjoy myself with some of the matches. So I'm going to go thumbs up too. Yeah, man, I I definitely have to say thumbs up. It was a really fun show to be a part of. Uh, And I really love what new, like I was saying earlier, I really love what New Wave is doing. Um, I love companies who have progressive storylines from show to show. Uh, and then are also able to put marquee matches like a JTG and an Eric Dillinger or uh, like, you know, somebody who's not as well known against somebody like a JTG or, or my bad. And then also to like Aaron Williams versus Freddie, uh, Gary versus Miles, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I definitely will give the show a thumbs up and give New Wave Pro a thumbs up just in general. I love what they're doing. All right, man. Uh, you plugged a lot of stuff throughout the show, but uh, do you have any uh, final plugs before uh, we go? Uh, well, so let's see. Next weekend, as we were talking about earlier, uh, got uh, ICW No Holds Barred, um, RPW. Check that out on IWTV. Um, and then uh, the following weekend after that, um, I have Paradigm. Um, uh, I on the 15th yeah october 15th paradigm has a show uh it's our anniversary show they've got a, a you know double show that they're running uh red bed, red brand versus blue brand type shit uh and 97 it's be a lot of matches <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> uh and then also that same weekend um i have um awr uh the goddess uh goddess of war tournament i think it's what they're calling it uh, and then also um, VOW, and then that Sunday I have Unsanctioned Pro. Uh, so that's just my next two weekends. <laughs> so uh, 
Um, but yeah, after that, I got a, a few other things. Um, but you can check out my social media, all that good stuff, uh, to see what I'm up to and, and where I'm going to be at. And uh, like I was saying earlier, for the most part, catch me on IWTV on most shows. It's on there. So, uh, and yeah. let me go ahead and plug my social media. Yeah, at yeah, official, yeah. Yeah, at official uh, at official SPO five hundred two on Twitter and Instagram uh, is where you can follow me for the most part. So my Facebook is maxed out, so I'm not even going to plug it. <laughs> right, I've got some time off from doing some show. It's been a long couple of weeks for me between Cauliflower Alley and the show I did right when I came back. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539, Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. I'm hoping now that baseball keeps letting out and I'm back down to the one job. I can start doing some more Twitch stuff on what little free time I have left right now. Right on. All right. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. And don't forget about our merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Please check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, If You Catch My Grift, At Odds With Wrestling, and I've Got Your Five Stars. Please check out our other friends, pwponderings.com, Big Starks Brand, Set Tab Photo, Smoking Jay's Barbecue, and Kayfabe Collectibles. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Talk to you next week, everyone. Where you at? I'm in my crib. Like, what's the move? And who you with? I'm alone, but you can slide. Fuck a day job, you can stay the night. Like, ooh, I've been focused on the bottom line. Like, ooh, boulder on my shoulder when I rhyme. Like, ooh, you know I be heavy on my grind. Like, ooh, nothing really heavy on my mind. Like, you, kid, I let the rain fill a bucket. Got a new list full of shit that's finna make a nigga too rich. And if you talking about emotions, I be useless. Old news, I been focused on my new shit. New chick, new car, new dad, new dish, new hat, new jack, you back, no shit Me no, relax, we back, we hit, we open gaps, we roam the map We coast to coast, you boasting raps, you foes is foe, I hold the facts We grow through lows, I blow through flows, I'm home on tracks I fall, I rise, I dust my slacks, I'm here for plaques Back to back to back, I'm back on my bullshit I was down bad, they was kicking me when I was on my ass Now I'm back on my bullshit Every day I grow, meditating on the bluff when I'm low Said I'm back on my bullshit Dealing with the shame, let it go until the devil get away Now I'm back on my bullshit Glad I made it home, I was low, but you know I never fold, bitch Yeah where you, Where you at? Where you been? It's been a while. Where you live? I caught the house once again. Fell in love once again. I got the clout. I got the ends. But now I smile. I got some friends. I got a girl. She hella fine. I open up. Sometimes I cry, that monkey been off my back, that money been on my line, my baby's been getting love, my condo is organized, I'm sticking up for myself, I tell you what's on my mind, no longer afraid of somebody stabbing me from behind, I'm showing up every day, my motivation is pure, I'm letting in all the pain, I'm opening every door, I keep it all in the frame, got everything on my porch, I'm finally piecing parts of the puzzle I thought I lost, like true shit, I ain't
ain't gon' hold you lately, I've been on some new shit I got this feeling, I don't know yet what to do with So I'ma share it till I'm pushing up the tulips And hit the track, bow back on my bullshit I was down bad, they was kicking me when I was on my ass Now I'm back on my bullshit Every day I grow, meditating on the bluff when I'm low Said I'm back on my bullshit Dealing with the shame, let it go and told the devil get away Now I'm back on my bullshit Glad I made it home, I was low, but you know I never fold, bitch yeah, sun in the sky, this ain't America online This is the real, fuck how you feel, you only giving me more shine Switching the wheels, fill up the tank, floor and pills, straight to the bank I'm on a yacht, yacht out in Italy, in the summertime, you can feel the heat I'm a surfing nigga like Billabong, they show me love when I'm in the street Lil Art dude with the illest songs, I'm a unicorn in my industry It's like, got bread, got soul, got peace, I found home Good wife, good kid, good people in the crib, good music in the whip Good days in the front, devil shrinking in the rear, moving love and not fear, show me Love and don't stare, I was shy like go here. Now I'm all the way me. Don't be mad cause I'm free. On the beach with my peace, on the beach with my peace. I believed in my dreams. Grass cutting so green, bitch.